Hi, it's Richard from the Story Walk Podcast. The Story Walk Podcast is composed of real stories that I make up while I am out hiking, snowshoeing, skiing, and backpacking with my children. You may notice background noise during the podcast due to the real nature of recording these stories in the outdoors. The Story Walk Podcast is supported by 10adventures.com. Go on 10 adventures to find great family adventures in over 60 countries on Earth. Imagine a family-friendly safari in the Serengeti, exploring Inca ruins in Peru, a cycling holiday on car-free roads in Germany, and many, many more great ideas. To find all the great family adventure ideas and to make memories that will last a lifetime, check out 10adventures.com family. Now, on to today's story. Here is part two of Superhero Boron becomes a wallet inspector. Recall from part one that Boron had been tricked by bad guy Carl to become a wallet inspector because the bad guys all were in jail and they wanted to break out. And they knew that Boron was the only superhero that could stop them. Boron had been going around inspecting wallets, much to people's chagrin. We pick up the story. Boron is on the ground having just flown out of a baby stroller. He's got a massive pink purse around his neck with a very cute little black puppy dog inside the purse, licking his face. And on his shirt is an enormous button that says birthday boy with blue ribbons hanging down. Boron stands up, confused about where he is. He realizes he's back near the good guy superhero hideout. He crosses the road and goes back inside, sits down, looks at the TV, which is turned off, and wonders, when are those little people gonna come back and perform? He remembers something about a remote control and starts pulling on his ears and picking his nose. At this point, Sergeant Salami comes in and looks at Boron. He sees the button on Boron's chest. Boron, is it true? Boron looks up. Is what true? Your chest, the button. Boron looks down and touches the button. He smiles. Yes, it's true, but no one is supposed to know. Sergeant Salami looks and thinks, Boron must be very modest and not want us all to know it's his birthday. Sergeant Salami smiles, leaves the room, and goes to talk to the other good guy superheroes. Everybody, it's a big day today, said Sergeant Salami. It's Boron's birthday. He's done so much for the city and all of us. Let's put on a birthday celebration. Wee, says Bike Man. All the superheroes are happy and they start planning a huge outdoor celebration. They also call the local news where they talk with a famous news anchor whose name is Fred Fredrickson and tells them that it's Boron's birthday. Fred Fredrickson's ears start to tingle. He realizes he can be on TV with a special news event and he starts to get everyone at the TV and radio station working 
this is going to be the biggest party this city's ever seen. And Fred Fredrickson's going to be at the center of it, broadcasting live on radio and TV. There'll be loudspeakers everywhere. Boron is still, hours later, sitting in front of the TV. There's still nothing on. His earlobes are red from so much pulling. And there's blood on his shirt. Just then, a superhero comes in, picks up the remote control, which was on the table right beside Boron, and presses power. The TV comes on, and it's Fred Fredrickson. This is Fred Fredrickson, and I'm announcing an enormous party starting tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Just then, there's some commotion. Fredrickson says, wait, I have urgent news. There's an enormous party in Central Square starting at 8 p.m. tonight. Be there and be amazed. Boron loved Fred Fredrickson, but he couldn't figure out how Fred Fredrickson got big sometimes and small sometimes. On this newscast, he was just an enormous head. I wonder where his body went, said Boron, looking at the TV. Boron had completely forgotten about his role as a wallet inspector and spent the rest of the day watching TV. Meanwhile, bad guy Carl had mobilized all the bad guys in the bad guy hideout. They were screaming with joy about a chance to break out. They were going to break out at dinner time when the guards were too busy eating ribs. For it was a Saturday and the guards had ribs, their favorite. The bad guys knew that every Saturday the guards would start to argue with each other to see who would get the most ribs. And they could already hear guards yelling at each other from other parts of the jail. Sure enough, while the central square and the big city was being turned into a huge celebration area for Boron's birthday, the bad guys were running through the tunnels underneath the prison. This time, the tunnels they had chosen were where all the toilets flushed into and you can hear some of the bad guys screaming. It was disgusting. As they ran through the tunnels and pipes, soon they came out at the other end. They looked at each other. They smelled horrible. Luckily, there were a couple cars and buses waiting for them so they wouldn't have to be like Carl and traipse and jog through the night for hour after hour. They would be in town, able to capture all the good guys and take control of the city, then the country, then the world, very quickly. But first they went to the bad guy hideout. It hadn't been used in years. They went inside and immediately all took turns going for a shower. Even after a shower, they still smelled terrible. It was 7.45. They had heard about this celebration. They'd also heard that all the good guys would be at the celebration together. What a perfect place to capture all these good guys, said Carl, 
I can't believe how lucky we are. We thought this would take weeks or months. We might have it all completed by nine o'clock. <laughs> the rest of the bad guys also started laughing. <laughs> Laughed one of them. A most peculiar laugh, I think we can agree. Luckily, the bad guy hideout was within walking distance of where the central square was. The bad guys put on disguises. Some had fake mustaches, some put on funny hats, and they walked to the central square. There were thousands of people. On the stage was Fred Fredrickson. There were enormous speakers blaring, so you could hear him talking from miles away. He was revving the crowd up, getting them excited for what was about to be an enormous party. Hello everyone, my name is Fred Fredrickson and today is going to be an exciting day for we have an important birthday. Our favorite superhero, one of the town saviors, superhero Boron is turning, um, uh, well, it's his birthday. He's a big birthday boy. He's going to come on stage in a little while and we're going to celebrate this special day. We've never known when Boron's birthday is, but today we know for certain. He's got a badge that says birthday boy, which can only mean one thing. It's his birthday. As Fred Fredrickson looked out at a crowd of TV cameras, radio news stations, superheroes, families, boys, girls, moms, dads, the whole city seemed to be there ready for a party. Fred Fredrickson didn't even notice that there seemed to be a lot of bad guys in the audience because the bad guys all had mustaches or strange looking hats or they'd comb their hair differently. And in fact, the good guys were so certain that the bad guys were in jail, they never even thought to look. Even more, the guards back at the jail didn't even know the bad guys had escaped. They were still fighting each other for which ribs they'd get. It was potentially going to be the biggest disaster ever. The bad guys would seemingly win for the good guys would not be prepared to deal with all the bad guys at once. All of a sudden, Fred Fredrickson announced, everybody, please look to the stage and let's welcome our friend, Superhero Boron. Boron walked up to the stage. He wasn't sure why he was there, but he knew Sergeant Salami had said that he should come to the stage because of what's on his button. Boron thinking that his button let everyone know that he was a wallet inspector, not realizing his button said birthday boy. Boron came on stage as the bad guys saw him and they saw the button. Carl smiled and he said, let's do it now. Just then, Fred Fredrickson said, let's have a big round of applause for Boron and his birthday. The crowd went wild. The bad guy superheroes started to move. Groups of two superheroes going for each good guy superhero. 
The crowd was screaming. Just then, the first two bad guy superheroes grabbed Lunch Lady. Hey, what are you doing? Let go of me, she yelled. At the same time, another two bad guy superheroes grabbed Sergeant Salami. Hey, what's going on? Just then, Bike Man got, got grabbed by two others. Wee! Hey, let go! All over the square, good guy superheroes were being grabbed and put in handcuffs by the bad guy superheroes. In fact, within about 20 seconds of cheering and screaming, the only good guy superhero that hadn't been captured was Boron. He was up on stage. As the applause died down, Fred Fredrickson said, Superhero Boron, can we have a few words? Boron looked around. He didn't even notice that all the good guy superheroes were being led away. He wasn't paying attention at all. He took the microphone, he picked it up, and he started to talk. Hello, everybody. The crowd cheered. Meanwhile, bad guy Carl and the second in command, Tanya, moved up towards the stage. As the applause died away again, Boron looked at Fred Fredrickson. How did you get out of my TV? Fred Fredrickson looked confused. There was a little bit of clapping from the crowd but they were a bit confused as well. Then Boron started on a story. Well, yesterday I was watching TV. Well, the problem was the little people weren't awake and I was pulling on my ears. And then I was wondering how the TV will work. Boron started droning on with such a boring story. As he looked out, he saw that people's eyes were glazing over. And then I got lost looking for the kitchen. I was a little bit hungry, but didn't know where the kitchen was. Even the famous news anchor, Fred Fredrickson, was struggling. His eyes could barely stay open, and he did interviews with boring celebrities all the time. Fred Fredrickson went down onto his knees. He looked up. The entire crowd's eyes were glazed over. They had been bored to a state that looked like death. They weren't dead. They were transfixed by boredom. They were zombies, but zombies who had been bored into zombies. Even Carl and Tanya stood there swaying, their eyes closed. Fred Fredrickson reached up one arm. Please, said Fred, the microphone. You must stop. Boron looked down. Huh? I'm not done my story. Boron continued. He was now describing what he was looking for in a snack. You see, everybody, 
I was hungry, but I couldn't decide if I'd have raisins or almonds or a banana or maybe apples or um, what's that thing that has bread and meat in it? With his last gasp, Fred Fredrickson whispered, Do you mean a sandwich? No, no. Um, bread and meat. Oh, you know what it is, everybody. It's a, uh, oh. Fred Fredrickson looked around. He saw on the ground a candy bar wrapper. One of those, a chocolate bar. With Fred Fredrickson's last gasp of life before he became a bored zombie, a look of confusion spread across his eyes. And he whispered with a questioning tone, a candy bar? Candy bars have no meat and no bread. I think you meant a sandwich. Boron by this time was talking about other snacks he'd considered. The entire crowd, tens of thousands of people, including every bad guy superhero, were bored zombies now. Boron kept on talking about his day for another three hours. And when he finally finished his discussion, he put the mic down. There was no applause. There was no movement. The crowd stared with blank glazed eyes. Just then Boron heard some sirens. Sure enough, the guards from the jail had tracked the bad guys to here, for some of them had ankles, ankle bracelets, which emitted a GPS tracker that they could follow. Dozens of police cars came and they were surprised by what they found. It was very easy to collect all the bad guys and police officers took them by hand and led them back into police buses where they couldn't escape. All the bad guys were driven back to the police station where, after a few days, they slowly returned to normal. For the rest of the people, the police wondered what they could do. They couldn't just leave thousands of people stranded in the central square in these bored zombie states. Just then, one of the policemen had an idea. His name was Chuckles McGinty. They called him Chuckles because he was so funny. He had some of the best jokes. He took the mic. Howdy, I'm Chuckles McGinty, everybody. How's it going? None of the crowd looked up. He knew this would require some serious joke telling. Knock, knock, he yelled out. There was no answer. He looked over at Boron. He yelled again, knock, knock, I said. Boron looked around. He didn't see a door and was confused. He yelled out, who's there? Chuckles McGinty smiled. Boo, he said. Boron looked around, trying to figure out where the door was. He didn't know anyone named Boo, so he yelled back, Boo-hoo! Chuckles McGinty smiled. 
Don't cry! Boron didn't laugh. But from the crowd, there were a few random chuckles and some eyes were becoming less glazed over. Then Chuckles McGinty told a few more hilarious jokes. He was saving his best joke for last. By this point, a few people were kind of back to normal. He yelled out, why don't seagulls fly over the bay? This few people in the crowd yelled out, I don't know. Why not? Chuckle smiled. He was gonna bring down a hammer of a joke. He yelled, if they flew over the bay, they would be bagels. Just then the crowd erupted with laughter. People were falling over. This joke was the best joke he knew. And as the crowd were laughing, people started moving. Even the good guy superheroes were coming back to normal. The chief of police came over and shook Chuckles McGinty's hand. Chuckles, you did it again. You were lights out. Those were the best jokes I've ever heard. Thank you, chief, said Chuckles, smiling. Boron was sitting on the side of the stage, looking around. He kept yelling, Boo! Where did you go? Finally, Chuckles felt bad. He went over. He said, Hi, Boron, I'm, I'm Boo. How are you? Boron smiled. I'm doing good. I'm gonna need to see your wallet though. And with that, Boron spent the rest of the night inspecting wallets. Still not realized he had been tricked by the bad guys. The next day, the papers were full of news about a bad guy superhero plot being foiled and how Boron had once again saved the town, the country, Earth, maybe even the whole solar system and the universe from these bad guys. The end. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe and give us a rating. This podcast and all the ideas and characters are copyrighted by myself, Richard. Bye-bye.